Welcome to Behind the Brands. So, you found us. <laughs> well done, you. Our little podcast all about the fashion industry. Let me just tell you about the host and the creator of this podcast. The guy's from the UK and his name is Warren Parker Mills. Warren's literally worked with some of the best people in the business and met some incredible brands along the way. Now he feels it's time to kind of do things a little differently. He'll be catching up with amazing storytellers from across the globe as they share some of those unwritten secrets that they've managed to figure out for themselves. From brands you'll recognize to small artisan creators that have mastered their craft. You'll hear about their collections, sales, and their ongoing quest for sustainability. So if you're an aspiring designer, an influencer, or just a massive fan of listening to fascinating conversation, stay right where you are. Hey, welcome. Welcome to episode number 12 of Behind the Brands podcast. Thanks for joining me. Hope you're well. Hope you had a good week. I'm delighted to bring you this episode. And today's guests are Adrian and Marte from Mexico. And hopefully we've got some new listeners that are listening in from that part of the world. That would be amazing. The guys have got a brand called Deserto and they're manufacturing suppliers and they make vegan leather from cactuses. Yeah, you heard me. From cactuses. It's unbelievable. And with no further ado, because I really want to jump into this one. Um, enjoy the episode and I'll catch you on the other side. See you then. I'd like to welcome Adrian and Marte into the house. And um, how are you doing, guys? Are you well? Hi, we're good. Thank you. Hello, good. I'm very, very good. Thank you so much. Good stuff. Good stuff. So I've been, I've just done a little intro to this episode and I wanted to tell my guests about your amazing business. Okay. So all about vegan leather made from cactuses, which blew me away when I first saw it. And you know what? I saw your video on your website and anyone listening to this podcast, you must check out the website. It's a brilliant video that kind of shows the guys in a field with a load of cactuses talking about how, how beautiful this process is. And for me personally, I just thought, wow, this is just an incredible concept. Um, and hopefully over the, over the length of this conversation, guys, we can talk a little bit about how you guys met, how you kind of got together, where the idea came from, a little bit about the process, which I think would be really, really interesting for the listeners. And also what you're going to do with the brand moving forward, because, you know, from, from my perception being in the industry, in the fashion industry for 30 years, I can so see your timing is absolutely perfect. I think your timing is just just right, um, especially with the conversations I've had with lots of brands over the last couple of weeks. So do you want to jump in and just tell us how you guys got your heads and brains and artistic creativity together and built a business? Sure, sure. Thank you. Um, it was uh, 2011 when we both met in Taiwan. Um, Marta was there studying um, Chinese, and uh, I was just about to arrive to to college. And then we had some friends in common that introduced us, and uh, years passed by. After about eight years, we met again here in Mexico, and uh, we started to share our our professional experience in fashion, in automotive, and uh, of course all this related to leather and uh, synthetic. Uh, leather and um, we had this this common problem that we identified in each on on our area of work which was the environmental impact so at the same time we we knew which were the barriers of these industries 
of uh, incorporating into major production lines sustainable alternatives uh, because they were too expensive or they were not uh, scalable or there was just not enough supply of it or it wasn't viable. Yeah. So uh, in terms of uh, meeting the quality specs. So then we focus on that. We said, hey, let's uh, put our hands to work. Let's develop a material that comply with what we know it has to comply, not only technically, but also socially, uh, environmentally, ethically. And, um, and being Mexicans and developing all this here in Mexico, well, we had to choose one plant to, to base our our R&D on and uh, cactus was the, the <laughs> first plant that came into our minds because it's native from Mexico. It's abundant. It's yeah. very efficient, sustainable, doesn't require irrigation or herbicides, pesticides, etc. So that's why we, we chose it. Amazing. Absolutely amazing. And again, I'd love to dip into a little bit about how, you know, your background and your history kind of came together. So, Adrian, you're from, are you from, I keep getting mixed up here. Are you from the fashion industry or the automotive or is, is Mate from? Where, where were you guys originally from work-wise? I, I worked in fashion in Asia and yeah. uh, furniture as well and automotive in Mexico. Okay. Okay. And Mate, how, how, where's your background? Listen, I was working in the aloe vera industry and also in the fashion industry here in Mexico. Okay, okay. That's great. So you obviously saw a problem with, and there's lots of problems in this world, unfortunately, but you saw a problem, you saw a product that you thought you could work with. How difficult was it? And again, I'd love to find out a little bit more about the actual process and how you, you know, what, what happens? How do you go about taking the humble cactus and turn it into, into leather? How do you do that? Well, we have to know that cactus is a lot more than just a national symbol here in Mexico. I mean, here in Mexico is everywhere. But it's a plant that gives us a thousand of jobs here in, in Mexico, but it's also a plant that contributes a lot in the food industry, in the cosmetic industry, in the construction, in painting. So this protein that cactus has is a very, very important protein that can be used in, in multiple ways. So we try to to figure out how to transform this protein in a way that can substitute a plastic or a polymer. So what we do is to use this protein of the cactus to reduce as much as possible the use of plastics in a material. In this case, what we focus on is to, is to take care about the raw materials because it's critical to pay attention where the raw materials come from, how water do they need, how chemicals do they need if they grow with, with pesticides or herbicides? So in this case, we focus on raw materials that are fully organic, for example, cactus. Right. That is a plantation that is 100% organic. Why? Because we do not use herbicides or pesticides for the plantation, for the cultivations. And also, cactus is an agroscopic plant. It means that we do not need an irrigation system. It grows with the humidity of the environment. So in this case, we reduce the energy, we reduce the water consumption and mm -hmm. the early pesticide. So for that's why we choose cactus and, and we focus on organic feedstock in the process. Wow, that's amazing. That's absolutely amazing. And again, you know, I'd love to find out how 
I mean, we can we can talk a little later about how you've implemented it towards brands and how you've gone approaching brands, because I think that's really important, you know, because whenever you get a new concept, you know, I've spoken to some amazing people on some of these podcasts and I'm constantly speaking to amazing innovators within the industry, you know, whether or not that's making clothes out of out of milk or do you know what I mean lots of different products that you just think wow it just blows my mind there's a big thing at the moment and um, I'm, I'm speaking to a lot of people and they're all talking about mushroom leather or rhubarb leather and everything else so there's a big understanding I think from from manufacturers and suppliers and brands on the benefits of that so um, just quickly before we find out a little bit about the process because I'm really interested to find out how almost real you can get it with regards to you know a, a like by like product with leather but how do you how how is it um how is the communication going to the end consumer are the end consumer understanding more about your process in it or are they just saying well it's cactus leather i love the bag or i love the shoes i'm going to buy it anyway the making process is is very complicated uh, because at the end of the day, we're relying on a plant to substitute uh, leather or, or a polymer, as Marta said. So it is, it is not easy. Mm-hmm. Uh, there is a lot of uh, engineering efforts that have to be put in place to make it work, uh, from nanotechnology, biochemistry, chemistry, uh, ag- agronomy. Um, th- there are so many factors that are part of the making process, mm-hmm. which I can tell you as uh, as as what apparently will seem um, very basic, like humidity <laughs> around the feedstock. Don't get too technical on me. Don't please yeah. don't get too technical. <laughs> Just keep it really so, low key because my brain <laughs> cannot take this. This is crazy. <laughs> so, so yeah, what um, um, what we do is um, molecular bondings within the different feedstocks, the organic pigments to achieve a material that gives you the look and feel and. Uh, that mimics leather at a level that you hardly will uh, see a difference. Um, so yeah, we 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 work on on a lot of uh, of uh, informative uh, content to communicate all these um, benefits of the material mm-hmm. to the not only to the brands but also to the end customers. It is very important yeah. to pay attention into labels, into how the message is carried through the value chain until the customer, because uh, part of this transition, a big part of it, it's coming from the end uh, consumer. And um, it is also important to, to, to digest the, you know, like all the technical information mm-hmm. and put it in, into a simple way in which people can, can read it and understand it. And yeah. Um, yeah. yeah. Yeah, it's a good point, actually, because if it is such a technically difficult thing, one, it's great for you guys because it it kind of creates a little bit of distance with your competitors, which is great. Nothing wrong with that. Um, However, if you have a really strong message and understanding of your your craft and the way that you produce the product, then, yes, it it does need to be simplified for that end consumer because they will just they just won't understand it and they won't buy into it if it's too complicated. And, you know, from the conversation we had previously, um, obviously, there's the benefit with obviously not having too much water used as we do with with cows um, and everything else. So there's a massive advantage there. But you just want to give us like literally five bullet points of how you take the cactus. So you cut the cactus. What happens then? Can you just break that down for us just so it's simple so everyone can just get their head around it? 
once we cultivate the cactus, of course, right, cultivation fully organic, we only cut the mature leaves. So we never kill the plant. Okay. Once we cut the mature leaves, we mesh them and, uh, and we dry them in the sun. Why in the sun? Because we, we want also to make a, a energy reduction. So we put the cactus in the sun for three days and after three days, we achieve the humidity levels so we need yeah. and that's it. I mean, then we start refination of the fibers and extraction of the protein. And this protein is the one that we use in the process for, for making the vegan leather. Okay, okay. And then if I'm right in understanding it, once you've got that that topper, you then bind it. Is that correct with, with fabric? To is that, is that how it works? Do you then bond it with fabric? Yeah. Uh, yeah. Once, once we have the, the pit stock, mm-hmm. then we bring it to the laboratory. In the laboratory is where we do all this uh, formulation, where all the magic happens. At. Yeah, and, yeah. And then we have to do the material mix. We have to choose which uh, substrate are we going to use based on the needs or the necessities of the design or the or, or, or the customer. Yeah. So, um, yes, the bioresin is what it's coated on top of the fabric or yeah. substrate. Yeah. And yeah. Not, not in all cases. We also have some versions in which we don't rely on any uh, substrate. It's just mm-hmm. the, the bioresin and it can be applied in a, in a wide variety of, uh, of products. Right. And, uh, also, it comes uh, like the other side of the coin. If we are going to use a, uh, a substrate or a fabric, we have to make sure that it is also uh, sustainable. Like, mm-hmm. for example, we always suggest to use recycled cotton or recycled polyester, for instance. Yeah, yeah. cool. That's great. That's really good. So your business, guys, is not di- you, you're not producing a brand yourself. You're selling this commodity. You're selling this fabric to brands and, and suppliers and manufacturers. Yeah, is that yeah. correct? Yeah, that's okay. correct. Yeah, we start with the idea with the brand, but at the end we finish with a material. Yeah. But it's very nice that, that when we launched the shirt, we only start with one material that was made for bags, mm-hmm. only bags and, and accessories. Yeah. But in the launchment of the shirt, we figured out that different industries, for example, the footwear, the health culture, so the packaging, and even the automotive industry were very, very interested in the shirt. So yeah. that's why the last year, 2020 we focus a lot in research and development so mm-hmm. right now we can offer different materials that can go from apparel to footwear to automotive and even to the sport industry for example boxing gloves so wow. okay. we are on so now we can offer a wide range of applications with our materials Wow, that's amazing. That's amazing. Boxing gloves. You should leave the spikes in. You know, that's really interesting. Absolutely fabulous. And um, so you, do you have your own farms as such? How does that work? One of the key components of a circular economy model is mm-hmm. to be able to generate uh, an economic uh, benefit around the value chain of your product. Yeah. So what we do is that um, we actually uh, advise and guide the suppliers in the rural sector. Mm-hmm. So they are aligned with the certifications, with the practices, with social environmental um, um, practices that uh, they have all the safety measures and uh, that they don't apply irrigation, etc. So in that sense, we can... Um, align them to be part of our supply chain mm-hmm. and um, 
with technology transfer put in place, we are able also to, to transfer some a part of the know-how. So then they can process cactus into its uh, highest value form. So they are, uh, just to give you an example, if, if, if uh, previously they were selling the, the cactus to the, to the market, uh, to the food industry, mm -hmm. uh, its most uh, basic form will be like uh, one cent per kilo. Now they are able to get $10 per kilo. Wow. And 50% uh, of, the, of the output is directed still to the food industry. And then we take the other 50%. So it's, uh, uh, there is no cross-industry conflict. There's actually a, benef a mutual benefit, mm -hmm. cross-benefit from the same land. The farmer um, gets economically incentivated. Yeah. And this is very important to mention because although Mexico is the world-leading uh, far farmer of cactus and exporter of it, mm -hmm. uh, in the last eight years, we lost 50% of, of the cactus plantations. And this was mainly because of the, of the price fluctuations in the food market. So it was not interesting anymore for the farmers. In this sense, we are reactivating this, which is also very positive for the environment because uh, we, don't, we don't cut the plant from its roots and mm -hmm. the cactuses are classified are, as uh, highly efficient um, plants uh, with a huge uh, uh, carbon dioxide sequestration capacity. Right. So okay. yeah. at the same time, we are planting more and more cactus. Mm -hmm. We are enriching biodiversity and absorbing CO2. Wow, wow. that's perfect. I mean, that's that whole circular motion that you have there within every element of your business and also putting back into the communities is fantastic for me it just rings of b corp you know it's it just it's that type of business you know what i mean where it's just right. every element is thought through and that's obviously why you guys are success and why you're so busy because i can never get hold of you guys <laughs> um you know i know you spend a lot of time kind of talking to people about this product and everything else and which is great but and i know you've got a huge amount of awards for for the product and, and what you are doing what kind of things are you working on in the future? What are you working? You know, what does 2021 bring? What are you going to do? Well, it's very important to mention that our materials are mostly exported. So, for example, the 20% of the production of the Certo stays here in Mexico, mm -hmm. but 80% is exported to Europe, to Asia, to other states. So the principal market is not here in Mexico; is it's outside. It's, for example, in Europe and Asia. So yeah. what we want to do in the future, for, for example, this year, if it's possible, is to open our own warehouse in Europe and in Asia to reduce the, the transit footprint of the shippings of the materials sure, uh, yeah. uh, and also make easier the logistics for all the brands that we have around the world. Yeah, okay. And how big is the team? How big are working at Deserto at the moment? Is, is the, how many is there? At Deserto, we are 10 people. And okay. through the value chain of making the material, we are about 200. Wow. So it's a big group of people that is making this possible. Yeah, yeah. And just on the brands then. So when you get an inquiry from the brand, what's the process? How do you, how do you take an inquiry through to supplying them? Are you, do, are you also doing some kind of um, some vetting system, some due diligence on their business as well? Or, I mean, how, how do you sell your product? For the clients of the brand, they can send us an email or an mm -hmm. Instagram message or something. And for example, if it's a, a small brand or a medium brand, so we have our own stock here in Mexico, 
yeah. that we can supply from one meter to 10 meters or 100 meters. So, so what they need. So in this case, all the brands and all the students, all entrepreneurs, to, so they can start to use these materials without the necessity of having a lot of money. So, yeah. so we offer materials without any minimal quantity order. But in case that if a big brand needs a, 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 a specific color, then yes, we can make it yeah. with an MOQ. So yeah. we offer these materials to everybody because we think that the certain needs to be for everybody and exclusive. So this is our idea to, to offer sustainable options to everybody. That's yeah. amazing. That is really good because, again, one of the questions I get asked, you know, certainly for people who want to start a new brand or, they, you know, they just literally want to get started, is the MOQs, those minimum order quantities, you know. And if, if yeah. you've got a big factory, then, you know, there's a certain level of negotiation and everything else. But to think that you guys have got a two-pronged attack to this, approach to this, and you will supply factories, suppliers that are obviously pushing through volumes, which is amazing of the product, but you're also... You're not you're not pushing away those smaller creatives that literally just want to use great product, which is which is really impressive. It, it is very very important, Warren, because um, what the the problem that we're facing as humanity uh, right now is very serious and is a the reflection of of bad practices in the industrial models that we count on. Sure. Uh, millions of tons of of waste accumulated not only by by production, but also at the end of the life of the products, which are accumulated, are accumulating trash in landfills, in oceans, and uh, the materials are really, really scary when you really like uh, understand how they are made, the amount of resources they take, and then how they will keep. Uh, impacting the environment after they are discarded for so many years it is really really um worrying and um yeah. and new people new generations new designers emerging brands all these people that are emerging and becoming part of the industries are a, a huge part of the solution and yeah. we think that if we don't give them the opportunity to, to start their, their master uh, works with sustainable alternatives, with sustainable materials. Mm-hmm. Um, it is going to be hard maybe later for them to think about it when they are in important decision makers in, in, in a huge uh, company, right? So for us, it's, it's, uh, it's very important to plant, the, to, 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 to put the seed there, sustainable seed, put it at reach, and that all people that is joining this new uh, generation is already with the right mindset, the right tools to do a change. Yeah. No, it's, it's a really good point you make there. And I think also as well, it'd be interesting to hear a conversation with you and uh, you may have already had these conversations with, you know, with some of the tanneries in, in India and such forth with the amount of, dare I say, toxic water going into the, into the system, into the environment, you know, I mean, how how are you addressing those types of conversations? Are you getting people coming to you and saying, "Look, how can we how can we develop what we're doing in our own countries with a similar type of product, or not?" Yeah, we have been requests for many countries that they want to apply this process, or they ask, "How do we make it in order to apply it in other places?" Yeah, but I mean, for right now, 
so the production and the process is here in Mexico, but of course in the future we want to to open the doors for other industries and, and other countries for sure. Yeah, no, that's great. That's absolutely great. And what about the durability of the product? How how, how does it compare next to leather? Is it do, what kind of lifespan does it tend to have? Well, um, there are many many uh, advantages on our material, um, but it it is it is a uh, it's just like leather. Mm-hmm. I mean, there are many grades of leather, and different grades are for different applications. Yeah. The same applies to our materials. Our materials are made for specific applications, and we have different versions for different applications. Design is also a critical part of the of the longevity of the material. Also, uh, the 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 care the, that the, the the end user is yeah. going to apply to it. But let's say that uh, a designer choose the right material, the right design. And the handbag is used and care like we like the average person will care of a regular product. It yeah. can last uh, several years. We have uh, specific tests in in laboratories mm-hmm. in which we are able to simulate up to ten years of uh, of uh, use in rough yeah. conditions. Yeah. So we can know like how the material is going to perform. Yeah. And uh, this is made with. With humidity, water spray, UV rays, etc., mm-hmm. uh, aging test in 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 other words, and yeah, uh, yeah we we have 10, 15 years, no problem, and this is like with 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 these conditions. With quite intense, quite intense um, hardship, I would imagine. Yeah. So, um, and just out of interest, then, guys, I mean, is there any are there any brands that you are looking at at the moment that are pushing the boundaries with regards to developing new products, whether it's leather or any other, anything else. Is there anyone that kind of jumps to mind that you think we really like looking at these guys because they're really doing something a bit different? Is there anyone that jumps to mind? Brands? Yeah. Uh, yeah, well, uh, we have been working with several brands uh, since we first launched the material. It's uh, very, very exciting. Most of them... Uh, I can't disclose at this point in time because they are. I thought you might say. Yeah, but but I can I can can give you like a few uh, clues. Like uh, for example, we uh, we were selected as one of the runner-ups of the LVMH Innovation Award. Okay. And uh, we are part of their the the startup mansion of the group. Okay. And we are working in projects with some brands within this mansion. Uh, yeah. LVMH. Yeah. Um, we also have. Uh, um, oh, there, there is this one. This one excellent brand that has, is or has made it already public. Carl uh, Lagerfeld. Okay. They they are launching this year their collection with Amber um, Beretta, wow. and um, also in the automotive world. We are working with uh, several OEMs in very exciting projects, mm-hmm. um, which m- we might be able to, to 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 hear something at the end of the year. And uh, what else? Well, and also one of the biggest fast fashion brands worldwide. So okay. it's, it's going to be in a few months, and the launch. Is, and this is very, very exciting because, um, well... Fast fashion is 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 uh, of course targeted by by 
many sustainability advocates because yeah. it, it's huge uh, volumes of, uh, of 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 products that are are discarded easily and and and, and accumulated and having this opportunity to work in projects with them mm-hmm. and, uh, you know at, at the degree of what's possible mm-hmm. to start to replace regular materials with uh, biodegradable sustainable ones yeah it's yeah. very very exciting and yeah. uh yeah it, that's it, good news i mean that is really good news and that you know when you say fast fashion you know you kind of you, you know, your, your instant kind of thing is negativity. And actually, it doesn't have to be negative. You know, right. this is something that I talk to a lot of people about. You know, sustainability is a real trend word at the moment all across the world, you know. And I think it's more about efficacy. It's more about understanding why you're doing what you're doing. And that's really important. And all brands, regardless of their size and the way that they've operated them in the past, generally, they've got a good moral compass trying to guide them to do good things and the fact that you are working with a top fast fashion brand to me only signifies that they are acknowledging where they're at they've still got volumes they've still got a business to run but they're trying to do it in a more ethical way and i think that's that's credit to them and credit to you guys for obviously coming out with that so that's fantastic well it's just been brilliant. Thank you very much for your time. Honestly, it's been really good. I've just got one question for both of you, if you wouldn't mind. First of all, uh, Marta, I'd like to ask you, why do you do what you do? Wow. <laughs> <laughs> I'm getting all philosophical now. That's a very interesting question. Why do I do what I do? Why? Because it makes me happy. Because every day I, I, I wake up, I'm happy to know that I'm doing something for the world. I mean, something that... It, that give us that will make the fashion industry still growing and mm-hmm. still keeping fast as it is, but in a better way. So as we love the fashion industry, we know that it won't stop. So I'm happy to know that we are offering something and a solution for this very interesting industry. Yeah, amazing. Thank you for that. And Adrian, same question to you, my friend. Well, because this is who I am. Uh, I, I love. Uh, development I, I love to be part of a solution and to work with uh, mind like people mm-hmm. it is it just doesn't feel like work it is like a very exciting journey in which uh, people from all over around the world is putting efforts into solving a, po- a common problem and that gives gives me feel to to do it over and over and to discover new new ways of doing things better amazing amazing and that gives you the impetus to get up every day and do what you do so fantastic listen guys i won't waste any more of your time i think it's just been really interesting we i know it's been relatively short i also know how busy you are so um you know thank you for every everything that you've given us today and uh i'm sure my listeners will be sending me lots of messages saying how can i find out more about these guys so how can they do that what's the best way for people to contact you guys um, can reach us through our Instagram account, which is deserto.pele with double L, mm-hmm. or in our website at uh, www.deserto with double S.com.mx, as for Mexico. 
Okay, cool. Brilliant. All right. Well, fabulous. As I say, thanks very much for your time, guys. Good luck in the future. And please say thank you to Anna for putting all this together. I really appreciate her time and support. So Will all do. the best. All right. Take care. Cheers, guys. Thank thanks you, thanks very much. Cheers. Thank Bye-bye. You. Thank Bye-bye. You, Bye. Bye-bye, guys. So that was Adrian Amate from Deserto. Thanks very much for your time, gentlemen. Um, and dear listener, I do hope you found some fascinating insight there to their business. I've got a little bit of a scoop, actually, because since recording that episode, I can confirm that the fast fashion brand that the guys were collaborating with and quite secretive about, for good reason, was H&M one of the biggest brands in the world. So congratulations to Deserto on that. And maybe that's the first time you've heard that news. And if so, more reason to keep listening to these podcasts, ladies and gentlemen. And talking about um, listening to these podcasts, next time I'm going to be talking to Angela Quantrill. Angela was the ex-buyer from Liberties of London. She's also the founder of AQ Market. And she's quite simply a wonderful, wonderful lady and all-round industry legend. So have a great week. Take care and I'll see you next time. All the best. Bye-bye. Behind the Brands was brought to you in association with beforestores.com. Go check it out. You can discover new brands, meet the makers and their products before they go into stores. So if you've enjoyed this podcast, please don't forget to leave us a review. We'd really appreciate your feedback. You can also subscribe for future episodes by tapping the follow button wherever you get your podcasts. So, until next time, keep learning, keep listening, and keep creative.